I'm constantly asked where I find the energy to run three businesses and travel the world all while being a wife and a mom of two. And the truth is there are a lot of tools in my belt to manage my energy, but I have to be really real. One of my favorite ones is drinking Cacao Bliss. Actually, I am drinking it right now. I like doing it when I have to work because it gives me so much energy. It gives me energy without the crash like caffeine does or like coffee, which totally messes up your adrenals. And it actually taps me into my heart, which makes me feel more connected to source and to source energy. It is absolutely game changing for me. And when I discovered the superfood that cacao is, I knew I needed to bring it to the masses so everyone could experience a healthy alternative to energy drinks, supplements, coffee, whatever it is, so that you have access to a healthy, delicious, amazing chocolatey drink. And that is why I created Cacao Bliss. Now, it's not just raw cacao. It is infused with seven additional superfoods. So it's super amazing for immunity. It has this amazing chocolatey decadent taste with only less than one gram of sugar. So that is insane. So if you want to experience the healing powers of Cacao Bliss, for a limited time only, you can go to earthechofoods.com. You can grab yourself a bag, I suggest two, of <laughs> Cacao Bliss by using the code MANIFESTABLE. This is for all of you Manifestable podcast listeners. Go to earthechofoods.com and use the code at checkout, MANIFESTABLE, and you're going to get 15% off your order. Yeah, 15% off. So go to earthechofoods.com and use MANIFESTABLE at checkout and get 15% off. Now let's get back to the show. I'm Danette May, and today on Manifestable. I want people to understand that if you have a purpose, follow it because your purpose will break down barriers. It'll break down walls. It will go through anything and everything for you to get you to complete your mission on this earth. Welcome to Manifestable, where you'll receive profound breakthroughs, courage to break old patterns, and live into your soul's purpose. Each week, I will bring you epic guests, live coaching, and manifestation tools to remind you of your power. You have the ability to achieve extraordinary things, and the time to start is now. Before I introduce today's guest, who is a very, very special man, I do want to say thank you so much for being here and listening to this podcast wherever you're at around the world. And just taking a minute and leaving an honest review means the world to me. So thank you so much for all of you who have done so. And if you haven't, please take a minute to go leave a, an honest review. So today I get to sit down with Doug Goodfeather. And Doug is not only an artist, a veteran, an author, and a teacher, he is a full-blooded Native American Lakota. He was born and raised in the traditional indigenous ways of his elders on the Standing Rock Indian Reservation in South Dakota. He is a descendant of Grandpa Chief Sitting Bull. Doug is the founder of the Lakota Healing Way Center and the spiritual leader of the Spirit Horse Nation, a human rights and environmental protection organization. I've had the honor to be able to be with Doug in many ceremonies, to have him at my some of my events, to become actually a very dear friend of mine. And I'm excited to be able to ask him some deep questions that I've actually witnessed and learned from him. You guys, he wrote a book called Think Indigenous, I loved it. I devoured it. I'll probably read it again. I'll put all that information in the show notes below. 
I suggest getting that book. I can't wait to bring Doug on. You can also follow him on social at D Goodfeather. So D Goodfeather. Okay, let's dive right in. Well, welcome. I'm so grateful to have you here. Thanks for saying yes and sitting down and like sharing a message with me and sharing a message with everyone who's listening. I There's so much of the direction that we could go today because you guys, I've actually been able to sit with Doug and to feel his energy and to, I want to say, feel your medicine. And I know it's not your medicine, but it's the medicine that you're bringing to those who are saying yes in those spaces. And I just want to say thank you because it's been really beautiful and really fun for me to understand these teachings that you've been taught. And I want to ask you, why do you feel called to not just teach your teachings within what you would call your tribe or your people, but to people like me and to other people? One of the things that I talk about and I wrote a book about is that we're all indigenous to this earth. So it's important that we all start to understand that and how collective that is and what it means to everybody but our children and their children and so on and so forth. And... Um, because wherever you go, when you get to know somebody, you realize we're not that much different. And we're all on the same journey together, you know. And, but on the way to that journey, we have things to do. We have purposes and reasons to be useful on this earth, you know. And it's better to do it together. Because uh, when we do it together, we become more healthy and we move forward faster. and our vibrations become higher and stronger and we start to heal. Yeah. So good. I love that you're speaking to that because I think people need to actually hear mm. that. Is there, um, I'm just going to tell everyone because I want them to know why I brought you on. Mm. I feel strongly. I don't know where this comes from. It's always been in me that, there are indigenous ways that get to be remembered and practiced again, and that it will be so powerful for humanity if we can move away from these traditions or customs that we grew up with and like look at these indigenous ways. So I want to ask you, like, what would you say to someone who's like, well, I would love to learn about maybe even the native indigenous ways. Where would you tell them to start? Well, a lot of times we have questions about ourselves and, you know, those questions become journeys in our life. And uh, it's really good to really seek that out because not just going to somebody or any tribe or people like that to learn is to when you follow your journey, you're going to learn about yourself in so many ways. That's going to open up doors and opportunities and you're gonna meet so many people along the way to understand why that journey is important to us so together as we learn from each other we kind of fill in those pieces of the puzzles in our lives because we're all our piece of each other's puzzle yeah. you know yeah. and we fit in each other's lives perfectly the way it's supposed to be and that's what's so powerful about that. And those kind of puzzles lead us to what we're seeking. Mm -hmm. Because once you begin that journey of seeking 
and questioning your, even your dreams. The universe is for you, so it, it puts in play your roadmap. And then it puts in all the pieces, all the people that we need to meet to find that journey, to mm -hmm. find those answers. I'm going to make sure, and I'm going to have my team hold me to this, because I saw something that you wrote it was in my sheet about, you know, we, I told them to pull some information on you. And and you have this quote that's really powerful around brotherhood and sisterhood. And I'm going to make sure we read this at the end because I actually want, don't want to do it in any disjustice. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure I read it and maybe even have, have you hear me read it mm -hmm. and hear your words again because it's really powerful. And I just I want to bring up something because I know you have this healing center and you've are really interested in using these ancient tools and these indigenous tools to really help people find them and to heal trauma and to walk in a good way, as you would say. And so I do have friends in my life and I do have, I hear, I had just heard recently of a woman who loves her husband. They've been married, I don't know how many years, but they have two beautiful older girls and, and he's dealing with alcoholism and he'll just take off and, be gone because he's trying to find himself. And mm -hmm. so sometimes we take off on our motorcycle or we take off in our cars. And and I want to ask, like, what would you say to someone who is like, because I sense that these people have so much light in them and they don't know what to do with all that's, these feelings and this light that's in them. And so sometimes alcohol is a way to turn to and then they can go down that path. What would you say right away? Because I just told her I would love him to meet. Mm -hmm. Doug Goodfeather and get into his some of his stuff. But what would you say? A lot of times we grow up fast or we grow up and raised up in certain ways. And as men, you know, as human beings, you know, we're given rights we're born with. And sometimes our parents suppress those when our tears, our dreams, our voice, our compassion, our food and all the things that are given rights to us. And when those things are oppressed like that, we start to lack things. We start to lack compassion, even our sight. We, our sight is only so far. And so it uh, blocks us from seeing what, who we really are and what our purpose is. There's a, one of the things that I've, I teach is about one of the longest journeys you can make is the mind to the heart. And um, we have to have that balance. But if you're not truthful with yourself, your heart's going to check you. It's going to put you in check because there's the emotion there. And so then we end up fighting with ourselves because we get into pride too. And when pride gets in the way, it stops you from growing and evolving in life. And these given rights, you know, our tears are one of the most important things for us to mourn, to rejoice, to have humility and humbleness and true honor in that, that kind of way and cry for our, our relatives that we miss and, you know, cry for our babies being born, our babies graduating from accomplishments, you know, in life. And sometimes we lack these things and a lot of times men are get oppressed in these given rights that we are born with and it builds up. And we're taught to push it down. But what I've learned too is that our bodies, our minds, and our hearts are so intelligent that it teaches us, it really literally forces us to heal. 
And then there's a journey we take. And they always say, um, people talk about the storm. And that's what you go through in life sometimes. And a lot of people run from that storm. But we're told to go into the storm because in the storm, there's the buffalo people, the metaphor of the buffalo people. And to realize what they have done for our people and all people. And in the storm, the, the philosophy of the buffalo is the mind, the heart, and the compassion and the sacrifice for people. So it shows you when you go into the storm, it shows you yourself. And it teaches you to understand the emotions that we're born with, the emotional intelligence we're born with. To look at these and to understand them, that they're only strengths, they're, they're teachers. So when you come out of the storm, there's going to be people waiting for you there. And here, you're going to pick these people up because you came through the storm. And you have the wisdom now, you have the courage and the strength to stand up again, to be strong. And I know you can speak to this because you've gone through your own storms. I always, I think I joked with you last time I was talking with you that I'm like, what have you not done? And what have you not experienced? You've experienced a lot of experiences that I, I feel like is feels like multiple lives. Can you describe, because I know, I mean, you've been in war. You've probably had your own storms as a child mm -hmm. growing up. Can you talk about those? And, and it might just remind people that they're not alone in their storms. Because look at you today, you know, and what you're able to do and using these storms as wisdom for mm -hmm. now. Yeah. I mean, in the beginning of my life, and I mean, from the time I was in my mom's stomach, the storm happened and started going. And But I remember being in her stomach. I remember the last time she nursed me. And I remember the different places I had to be fostered in and the abuse that happened in those places. And going back into my family environment was also difficult too. So you're saying you were, you were in foster, different foster homes mm -hmm. and then you went back to your original indigenous family mm -hmm. after being in some foster homes. Yeah. And that even was a challenge. Mm -hmm. And yeah. why was that was that challenging? Because I think a lot of people would be like, "Oh, that you felt like you're home, you're mm -hmm. you're safe now." Or do you, did it not really feel like that? Well, there was two families, and some of them they had differences with each yeah. other and, and strange. So, and I was in the middle, so it was kind of like you know, I don't know. For me, I felt like I was the black sheep of the family, and so a lot of things I went through were turmoil, and growing up and getting involved in addictions and you know, homelessness and, you know, even, you know, having my children and through that learning of going through addictions and ha trying to have a family and how addictions broke that family apart and what it take to stand back up and keep moving. But there's good people out there that are willing to help you and to reach their hand out and to pick you up. Did you, they help people help you at that time? Mm-hmm. Pick, people helped me and picked me up and and reminded me, you know, about myself and reminded me about, you know, purposes that I had coming yet and grandchildren that are coming. So you need to get yourself together. And But it took me a while to really understand a lot of things because I was raised in two different kind of thought patterns, I guess. It was our, our traditional spirituality and religion. 
to because you had seen both. <clears throat> yeah, you were shown religion probably in foster homes, right, or just yeah. different homes. Yeah, and, then... and, and also my parents um, were religious as oh, well. Oh, okay. But the, it was the great grandparents that were the, still had the spirituality and that kind of that the language and all of that, and that's where I really because my first language is Lakota, mm-hmm. and then English, and then. So the differences like that, I really, I didn't understand. It confused me a lot until I grew up. And then I realized a lot of things about what accepted me. And that was spirituality. So as I grew up, there was things, there's rites of passages in my life that I wanted to fulfill. And that was one of the rites of passages that we have is a warrior society. And today, how we fulfill that is the military. Really? That's yeah. how you, still today? Well, there's other means of doing it, yeah. of rites of passages, but that was one of them. Uh, yeah. And so I, I went into the military and I did eight years. And I joined in 2000 and then 9-11 hit. And then 2003 and four I went to war in Iraq. Came back in 2004. I was married. And then the collateral damage of that from war created a separation and then I understood though I changed and I respected her decision and you know we went our separate ways and so I was struggling with a lot of PTSD issues and but that one moment came you know and I was in a ditch crying and you know somebody picked me up somebody literally picked me up and so when I turned around there was nobody there and so when I drove back I was coming home from work at that time And then I had a dream to go on a vision quest. And that's where um, Lakota Way Healing Center was born, from that vision. How old were you at this time? That was in 2006. So that's what, 10, 14, 15, 16, 17 years. So when you say you're in a ditch crying and someone picked you up, you're talking spirit picked Mm -hmm. you up. Spirit was there, yeah. and you you knew, you were like, something helped me, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go on a vision quest. Mm-hmm. Like, I appreciate this moment that was presented, and I'm going to go in deeper into this. Yeah. And so what was your question? Because there's always like, isn't there always kind of a question? Yeah. What was your question? That's why I tell people to really be specific and be careful of your questions, and because it's powerful. And I was going to school to be... Uh, civil engineer at the time and I was doing pretty good and then when I was going to go on the vision quest and we went back to South Dakota at the Black Hills and um, Bear Butte and before I went up and I I said show me my purpose and the passion to go into school just disappeared in the passion to go into healing yeah. helping people and just superseded everything Lakota Healing Center. Yeah. That, you didn't know it was probably going to be called that. Yeah. Or did you? Yeah. You did. That because, name came. Well, it was a Lakota way we practiced. So it was a Lakota way and the healing centers, because it came from that way, I healed, I came, I named it that. That's doing business as, but the nonprofit name is Healing Hoop. The Healing Hoop, yeah. Doing business as Lakota Way Healing Center. I want to, because your book talks about this hoop. And is that the same hoop? Like, can you describe when you talked about the hoop in the book, what you meant by that? Well, 
we believe that there's life is never ending and we come in we're born into a hoop we make our life all the way around and if we're fortunate we make it all the way around and go home that way but we have our child our baby you know adolescents adult and grandma grandpa and we go home and so the hoop is always everything we see is in the circle of the moon the earth it's a pattern of symmetry of sacredness so we call it a sacred movement but in a scientific world they call it a sacred geometry so a lot of our like just the, the designs that i do come from our dreams come from the spirit world or the sacred geometry and so people see those patterns and they, when they come out they draw them and it becomes a language so a lot of our our um, designs are languages, written languages, and certain symbols talk about things, events, you know. So it's really amazing how that is. And But everything is in a circle, circular. Our movement's always in a circle. The sacred geometry's in a circle. Or a continuum in a way. Yeah, yeah, always. We're always moving. We're, we're constantly in vibration, constantly moving. Everything is constantly so in vibration. That's what you mean by the hoop. Yeah everything's constantly moving and there was a man that <clears throat> an ancestor his name was black elk and he had a vision and in the vision he said he saw many hoops of this world but all became one hoop and then the hoop was all life that was on this earth and he seen all the colors of man in this vision that we were going to come together as a sacred and, and one coming from different hoops making one big hoop and i see that happening and and i see that um that vision becoming uh, realized and i see as people coming together no matter the excuse me no matter the turmoils we have to go through these turmoils to to learn ourselves and each other to be better people because we have to learn our mistakes if we don't then we're just going to repeat them and so that's where I see that, you know, that hoop coming into play. And uh, Lakota, they call it hahaila, and it's called a balance. And that balance is coming to really make us see and, and create more intelligence in us spiritually, but uh, logically too, and physically. That's what. Do you I, feel this coming together is going to be by the time your eyes can see? Yeah, soon, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that I've witnessed in my life recently that have given evidence to this balance coming that is here. And a lot of times we, I mean, we just came through a big awakening. And um, I always tell people when they have these awakenings that you're not normal no more. And people don't understand that because if we're normal then we're just stuck in the, the bucket but <laughs> coming out becoming not normal you become more aware of everything your heartbeat your sight the way you smell and hear the way you feel things your vibrations heightening and you know your intuition stronger your um, dreams are stronger your emotions are more stronger 
And so that's what I'm starting to witness, all these things happening. Absolutely. As I'm sitting here and listening to you, I sense that, because a lot of of my listeners and a lot of people that are in my influence are women. And I have a big passion around women and really women remembering who they are. And But I have this really strong feeling that they're going to invite their men to listen to this episode. And I know that you have a big mission around men and men rising up. Mm -hmm. And I would love for you to speak to these men right now, because I'm sensing that they're going to tune them into this episode. And we're all doing this together. And I just ranted about how women get to rise up on the last episode you weren't on. And I was talking about how we just need to, as women, not separate ourselves from the men and not in this feminism of our power, we're already powerful. We don't have to take back any power. No one took our power. We're already powerful. We don't need to push anyone down. We don't need to push our men down because as we rise, the men will rise. But what's happening is I I see another imbalance sometimes, you know, as the women are empowering that they're forgetting that they think that they have to push or separate to get that power, which is not necessary. So I would love for you to talk to the men right now. In the Lakota society, our culture, it's a matrilineal society. So it's a bal- balanced society where, you know, the home is belongs to the woman. So if anything happens, the separation, it's the man that leaves only for what he needs. Really? Yeah. Okay. And so we still have that. So we practice that. and um, But that's the balance. And, and the man is teaches the rites of passage of uh, hunting or providing or the skills that they need to be survivors in the world. And that's what my grandparents taught me on both sides. They, my grandma taught me how to cook and sew, how to be respectful to women. And I'm not going to say I'm perfect, but the things that she taught me is that when you're with, come together with a woman that you're not her boss and you don't, scream or yell at her or you hurt hit her or hurt her you don't walk in front or behind you walk beside her and so when something happens you carry her or she carries you and it takes humbleness and to understand that to really see the balance of the backbone of the people is that's the women because without our women without my mom i wouldn't be here and a lot of men really don't see that kind of compassion today and in many ways they think crying is weak when it takes a warrior to cry and these are given rights that are given to us to see our people to see our children to to see to have compassion for people that need our help to pick up a a warrior who has fallen pick them up, you know, to see that all the way and to understand the compassion of that kind of what it does to life in general. And it starts to heal because when you want help one person, you don't realize you're helping many because that person has loved ones, co-workers, friends, people like that, that know that person. So you're going to help them as well, inspire them and Men tend to um, be egotistical and, and competitive in many things. And, and, and I see that in, if, if you're into sports or things like that. But one of the main things that I've learned as a man is to understand my tears, my compassion, my place 
beside my companion in this world and my responsibilities to be useful as a man and to be a role model for our youth to be able to teach them how to cry so they don't grow up with, what's wrong with me? Why am I stuck this in this way? What, what's going on? Why can't I get these emotions out? I'm just constantly angry. You know, and that's what the tears release. They release that energy. They release that trauma in you. And it's our hearts doing that. It's our minds doing that. So they work together to take care of our bodies. And uh, and one of the things my grandma used to teach me is um, that there's many warriors on this earth. And not all warriors are human. And so when you look at the butterflies or the eagles or the horses... One of the things that they teach is uh, they have horses understand your emotions. So if you're scared, it's going to be very... uh going to be nervous. Yeah, it's <laughs> going to be nervous, just like you. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of men have a lot of ego. Like when we go into sweat lodge, I teach people that if you have ego or false pride, this sweat lodge is going to, you know, kick you out because you're holding on to something. But if you have humility and humbleness, you're going to be strong through it all the way. So you'll see the difference there right away. And when people are afraid to humble themselves, they end up hurting not just themselves, but other people that, you know, love them, especially people that love them. So it takes courage. I mean, it takes a warrior to cry. My grandma taught me that. And, and it's true. And it's when true. did you have your first big cry? When I first big cry, man, I had so many big cries. <laughs> um, so you had a lot of big cries, but like when um, you felt like you could cry in front of others, like in your humility. Actually, when I sobered up, when I started walking on the sacred red road, I, I really understood, just really understood myself. And one of the things, this is just a metaphor that I, I seen, and it's nothing that I believe in, but it's something that I've seen in my metaphor. Is when I went in, before I went into a sweat lodge when I was addicted, I saw the world as flat. But when I came out of the sweat lodge, the world was round. It was really round. I saw the truth now. I see the truth about myself. And when I remembered my grandma saying, it takes a warrior to cry, I had to practice that. And being liberated from, and understanding that true freedom of, in this life is, really understanding yourself and seeing yourself in a really good way. And that's where I started to learn how to cry. I like am really kind of fascinated at this concept, to be honest with you, because I've heard you in Sweat Lodge talk about crying and you're talking about it here. And even when we were talking in private at another time when we were together, you talked about crying. And what I hear a lot with people is, I'm sorry, I'm crying. Sorry, I'm crying. And what I'm hearing from you is it's purification mm -hmm. and this is necessary. And it will it will actually be like, I don't know, it feels like just rivers of cleanse mm -hmm. that could happen over you if you allow yourself to cry. Yeah, crying is good medicine. <laughs> it's good medicine. And, yeah, it's good medicine. And not only spiritually, emotionally, but scientifically as well. And there's scientific proof around all of that. And, you know, in order for me to really put the facts down to help people. Sometimes I work with different organizations. They want that proof. They want that abstract. They want all of that stuff. So I have, for me, I had to study it. I had to go into spirituality. 
and bring the the science out of it, the mathematics out of it, the logic out of it, and connect it. Because sometimes I talk to scientists and doctors and priests and different people who are willing to challenge me in many ways. And sometimes they call me to challenge me on these things that I that I teach. Yeah. Wow. But I love that. I yeah. love those challenges. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like questioning and asking. And you guys, I know for those who are listening, you're probably wondering, okay, how do I, I would love to experience, like what, this is what I get a lot when people tell me or talk to me. And I'm always, I want to, I want to go kind of vulnerable with you for a minute because we live in this culture right now where I wrote my last book with Hay House and they took out about like so many words and so many things because they were afraid of, I don't know if it's misappropriation, but am I, what's the right word, guys? Help me out. Appropriation. Uh, what is it? Appropriation. Appropriation, yeah. like being being careful because mm-hmm. we don't want you to say something that could be misrepresented or hurt someone's feelings or it's you're not part of that culture. You're not part of that tribe. Mm-hmm. You can't say this. And these are just things that I was just sharing and as mm-hmm. witness, not claiming them as my own, right? That's going on, and that's a real thing for people. People are getting canceled. People are feeling nervous to even go, hey, can I go to a sweat lodge? Can I participate in these customs that I wasn't raised with or are I'm not Lakota? Can I participate in this stuff? And I want to hear from you what your viewpoint on that is. And I know it's a sensitive thing because it's going around right now. It's a big thing, and I'm my nervousness around it or my – it's not even nervousness. That's the wrong word, but my – feeling is and what i've been told from other indigenous people like the mayans and like that they're they really just care more about your heart and what your intention is and are happy to share and happy for you to participate and to to do it but curious what your thoughts are i'm glad you asked this question because we need to be able to talk about uncomfortable things and ask hard questions we need to do that because it teaches us how to heal. And, and it teaches us how to get our questions answered. Sometimes we don't like the truth, but after you really think about it, it actually starts to liberate us and makes us you know, freer and we begin to heal in that way. But the things that I teach, everything, you know, like growing up in a spiritual society and learning about these things and Understanding the philosophy for behind it and what it teaches people and how important it does. And some of the sacred things that we use, like some people carry these, a covenant and they call it a sacred tobacco, a sacred chanupa, a sacred pipe, where we connect to uh, um, the stone and the bowl and the wood, creating man and woman representation of life. And some people want to practice it and also have that sacred, given the right to carry that. But some people do it without asking and they start practicing and not only misrepresenting, but misteaching a lot of practices that are and making things up. And so this comes back, if something happens, it comes back on the people. And well, how come you did this or did that? And, you know, and, you know, on my side, I also have to be careful because I have to be accountable to my people, mostly my elders, because I have to really be accountable to them and be truthful, but also understand that these teachings are come from a sacred way, come from a sacred place, and uh, 
you know, a lot of us pray. We you know a lot of us pray. A lot of us meditate. A lot of us practice our way of prayer, how that is. And these gifts that come are, they're free. I mean, they don't cost nothing, but it's the respect that's how you conduct it. Talk about, this is how I learned it, and this is why I'm doing it, because I was given the right to do it. But I have to tell the story behind it. I earned it, and I went through years of earning it. This rite of passage in my life, and I did everything that the protocols asked me about, and I did it, and I earned that right. But at the same time, you have to really look at, like, there's a lot of sports teams that have the, um, like, Washington Redskins. Now, if you see that and, and you see people dressing up like that and dancing around, hooping and hollering, putting paint on their face, you think, is that how really Native Americans are? Did they really do that? And they're over there drinking and just carrying and acting crazy. For us, you know, the bonnets, you know, those are, they're, they're called war bonnets for a reason and good deeds bonnets. And every feather is earned. It's every feather that comes from a deed that you earn up in your life. So when you see the feathers touch the ground, you, those are leaders because they earn those right. They earn the deeds. And they're also, um, you can say, in, in, you know, in a logical way, they're military medals or war honors as well and uh but today we earn those feathers by going to school doing good deeds in our lives and we earned them but people have to watch you as mainly the elders watch you and if and they're the ones who on you with that so they, they give you that they yeah, are the ones yeah. you're not giving yourself the yeah, feather yeah. so you have to earn it i i really want to kind of bring this home because, but one more thing yeah go ahead but the paint is also earned the paint is earned. Earned, earned. So when I got my paint, I earned it from war. I earned it from being in peace. I have to always see the good in people. Always see the good in people. So that's part of my paint. But also, I'm always a warrior as well. So I make sure that I abide by the natural laws. And I never leave my people, our people behind. So you never leave warriors behind. So that's how I always like to say about my paint and how I earned it. And, and it took, it took years. It didn't, yeah, it took yeah. years to earn that because that was something that um, you're wearing it because you're representing something. You're representing something that's going to take care of people. Wow. I'm really grateful. Thank you for talking through this because I, I think you just said something that hit home for me and that's why I want to bring it up again. You said, just like military if they get a medal for being in that war and they were you know a warrior in that warrior they got a medal but you wouldn't go and wear a medal that you just went and bought or got mm -hmm. that you went and put on mm -hmm. so exactly. that indicates you were in war but you never were it's yeah. kind of similar in that yeah, regard exactly. it's like it's been given yeah because of the sacrifices and the the years and the elders or someone who gave it to you you didn't exactly. just take it exactly and yeah once you make that oath to be a warrior it's for life and because you don't make it to just humans, you make it to the creator. And so even if you went to war or done with the military, doesn't mean you're done being a warrior. Now you're a warrior for the people. Yeah. So now you go out and be useful. Do you um, encourage people to go do sweat lodge? I Anyone? do. Yes. 
I do because I know not just the spiritual part of it, but the scientific and logical, the emotional and the mental and how it helps people. And it's cross. I mean, it's fascinating to me, even like the Temescal for the Mayans. Mm -hmm. It's a very, I mean, I don't know how these do these cultures all have the same. It's so beautiful. I mean, it yeah. feels universal. <laughs> I don't know. It's in the, the sacred geometry, in the, the sacred movement, yeah. And well, people go, some people go there through vision quests. Some people go there through ayahuasca or psychedelics. And they go there and they see the geometric designs. And I'll go there the long way because I want to understand myself, really understand okay, myself. Okay, you have to say, what do you mean by the long way? That means fasting for four days, four nights without food and water. And then going into sweat? And no, and then the, the visions will come. The vision, okay, yeah, after. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. your long way, instead yeah. of taking something Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to yeah. go the long way. I mean, way. I've, I've been that way too, but yeah. it's a long way. I like the long way. I like, I like the long way. I love that. There's a lot to be learned in the long way, more than just even what you see at the yeah. end, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. Okay. I wonder, I think people are going to ask this. And it's, are you considered a Lakota medicine man? People call me that, but when I start hearing the elders start calling me that, I might call myself that, but I don't consider myself that because you earn that right as you get older as a, and more of an elder. And so sometimes, I, you know, I consider myself still younger. So, you know, to my elders, I always say, you know, forgive me for speaking before you. I'm still young and learning, but also thank you for the wisdom you have taught us and passed down to us. And uh, so sometimes I'll just say, you know, I'm a teacher, I'm our spiritual teacher. Yeah, it's something that's decided upon, right? You don't decide you're going to be that. It was was that something that you were told that this is the way you're going to go, and this is um, would the elders claim that for you because of the path you chose, or do you think it was already written in the stars from when you were younger? In the stars, yeah. because they started teaching me when I was a little boy. When I because they said I, that to you as a little boy, yeah, right? Yeah, when I came back to the people. They started teaching me because I was doing things that normal kids didn't do. Talking about things and talking about things I see. Learning from my great-grandpa who was blind, who taught me about the stars and pointed them out when wow. I was blind, you know, and helped me to understand that connection and that in many ways and the philosophy and the power behind Mother Earth. And... Every teacher, every race of man or human on this earth from each part of the continent and world, Mother Earth has taught them. Mother Earth has dressed them. Mother Earth has gave them their language. Mother Earth has taught them how to cook, gave them their rituals, their spirituality, gave them their philosophy, gave them even how they look. If you look at it, Africa, Alaska, New Zealand, yeah. here, Europe, yeah. you know, Mother Earth has has molded us in these ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you feel that you would love to share that I haven't asked you or other people haven't even asked you? Because I know a lot of people talk to you and you, 
you speak, you write books, you, you have a mission with this for sure. So mm -hmm. what is something that no one's asking you that you want to talk about? Well, a lot of sometimes people ask me how I got here from one place to another to be here from, you know, how I came to life. And it was every part of my life was a teacher. And I didn't realize that until I got clarity that everything I went through, I had to go through. I had to go through it. The abuse, addictions, everything, war, even the death of my daughter and my grandson. I had to go through that because in order for me to be effective in my work and helping people heal, I need to have um, that kind of sight to see in their hearts and minds and to detect what's going on and bring it out. But I, so I had to go through the emotional pain, the physical pain, the uh, logical misunderstandings and spiritual misunderstandings, all these things I had to go through to have the wisdom I know today. And if it wasn't, and I wouldn't take it all, any of it back because if I did that, then it's taking a piece of my puzzle, you know? So I want people to understand that if you have a purpose, follow it because your purpose will break down barriers. It'll break down walls. It will go through anything and everything for you to get you to complete your mission on this earth. So as you move through that, you're going to meet all these people. But at the same time, you're going to help all these people on this journey of life this purpose of life and it's going to show you the true meaning of being useful in this world and a lot of times we really punish ourselves and we're taught we're taught that we're taught to blame and shame and punish ourselves but we're meant to make mistakes without making mistakes you know we wouldn't i wouldn't know what i know I wouldn't be more, I wouldn't have the intelligence and compassion I do right now if I didn't make my, my mistakes. And life is supposed to be hard, be hard and challenge you because we need to evolve. We need to grow past this and to be stronger and better people for each other and, and all life on Mother Earth. And so when you make a commitment, stick to it because it will bless you. I promise it will bless you. If you stick to the commitment. That is so good. And I think someone really needs to hear that mm -hmm. today. Really needs to hear that. And I appreciate your humbleness. I appreciate your wisdom. And I appreciate you coming out on the other end of the storm. Um, Thank you. I'm sure you'll have other storms, but they'll probably be a breeze compared to the <laughs> storms you've been through. Yeah, yeah. And I appreciate you marching through them and, and fighting through them and meeting yourself in them. Because and anyone listening, if you're, going through your storms, like, I am emotional today, guys. So <laughs> I've cried already, but it's like, like stay on the path and like keep meeting it. Yeah, I shared something with you when we visited one time and I talked about, we talked about spirituality and how to understand it and what, what, how it helps you. And I kind of explained about something I learned from women was that um, when the woman breastfeeds and the baby's lacking any nutrients or vitamins, 
the baby's saliva will let the mom know through breastfeeding what the baby needs. And the mom will crave that and eat it and then feed the baby. That's how spirituality is for me. We're the babies. We're spirituality the babies. is the mother. So she knows what we need when we pray. You know what I mean? And then she fulfills that for us. So whatever you need in life. That was so beautifully said. And you've also said this, which is so potent for the Manifestable podcast, but you've always said, be very careful what you ask. Mm -hmm. Be very careful with your thoughts, the mm -hmm. things you're saying and mm -hmm. asking, because it'll come. Yeah. And Especially when you're awake. Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And I love that, that you're a reflection of that and you claim it so boldly and humbly at the same time of like, I just have to be very careful what I say. I have to be very, very mindful of what mm -hmm. I'm saying and thinking because it's coming, whatever yeah. I say. And it's yeah. true. Yeah. And I appreciate that because it's no truer statement. <laughs> so always do good because yeah. then good will always come. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to say this because... He didn't ask me to, nor did, or is his reason for being here for this, but I want to say it. He's on a mission because I know on a personal level for his Lakota Ways Healing Center, for it to be able to be built for more people to come and for him to be able to serve in the way that the visions have been presented to him. So if any of you were really touched by this, maybe if you were like listening to this and you were touched and you know, like what you would spend if you were touched by something or changed by someone Maybe go to the uh, link below in the show notes and you can donate. And it, nothing's too small, nothing's too big. It's just whatever you feel in your heart. And I'm just going to make that announcement for you right now. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, you know, we all get to decide how we, where we put our energy. And we appreciate you for your energy and where you're putting your time. You serve so much. In closing, I told you guys I would read a quote and I'm going to read it for you. Because I want you to hear your words. And I thought about that, actually. When I read this, I was like, he needs to hear these words that he's claiming. And I don't even know if you knew we had this quote, but I'm going to read it. And this is a quote from Doug. I believe what sets us apart from other organizations is the Lakota Way Healing Center is based on the indigenous Lakota spiritual values and virtues. We integrate the wisdom of the elders and the healing energy of ceremony to assist in recovery and give assistance to spiritually disconnected people that are suffering and at the crossroads of their life. The Lakota Way Healing Center focuses on programs that support health, wellness, and ceremonies that spiritually connect us with Mother Earth and our ancestors. We understand our connection to each other and our Mother Earth. This connection makes us all related and helps people to feel welcomed, supported and loved no matter their background ethnicity or history i couldn't have said it better especially that last section thank you powerful thank you doug thank, thank you for you. all of you listening and being here and being in curiosity being in humbleness i'm constantly learning i'm probably going to make mistakes as i'm learning and i just appreciate all of us on this journey and Thank you for all of you who are sharing this episode out to those who you feel need to hear this message and could use this in their lives. Thank you so much. And of course, thank you for following the podcast and we love you until next time. Yeah.